A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think I've explained my point well. Let me check the comments. I have not done a good job of explaining myself. <laughs> if you could only watch three wrestling matches, what would they be and why? This is what I'm asking some of wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another edition of Desert Island Graps. Matthew from Botchamania. Yes, that's right. There he is. The current lodger on Cultaholic Island. You are currently the lodger, mate. Do a nice little handshake. Nice to have you here. It's weird because we we're sat now doing um, a very different type of podcast to the ones that we normally do. And do a lot of the other projects that we normally do, this is very different. More on that as we, as we get to it. But uh, how do we find you today? Weird right now because we've just, to take it behind the scenes here, have just done our Smackdown Classic Smackdown review. <laughs> One and day you'll get so nearly the right. right. And afterwards I'll be doing the podcast with Jack and Ross. Yeah. And I play two, two different roles in that because I'm basically in control. And then, Tom, we did this. And then with them, it's like, then this. This one is like being on the, the couch next to the therapist almost. Because I saw the one you did with Ross. I'm like, oh, yeah. what Ross has got to say about Mike Awesome? It was just like, oh, Ross goes in a lot of detail here. Yeah. So I'm kind of like... Yeah, I'm playing poker with you right now, I think. I'm like, no, you can <laughs> show me case, your cards just first. Just in case mate. I try and do something a little bit. No, it's nothing like that at all. So it's um, it, the, the fundamental reason that we are all here is we are wrestling fans. When did you become a wrestling fan? I don't remember the exact time, but it was when my mum, because we were very rich growing up, we'd go to car boot sales. Okay. Get stuff, then we'd enjoy whatever was on display at somebody's table outside the back of their transit van and she just picked up stuff for me for probably the cost of 20 whole pence the WF the annuals 93 and 94 you remember them that specifically oh absolutely because it was just beautifully detailed photograph uh, explanations of who these people were I had no concept of what wrestling was or how you win a match or anything like that all I knew was repo man He'll take your stuff. If you're not looking, he'll take you. You know, all this with a big shot of like the repo rope. I don't think remember used very much to, with some poor jobber and all this. Yokozuna, he's ten thousand tons. Like, well, he looks it. <laughs> I'm like six or seven. So yeah, sure, whatever. So your first insight. He's deed. <laughs> your first insight into wrestling then was just through two very innocuous albums. Oh yeah. Did your mum ever explain why she picked them up for you? Uh. You're a lad. You probably like wrestling. Oh, 
okay. Maybe. It, just that simple as, It was hey. never said, but it was heard. Yeah, it was just like, hey, you, you might get into this. This might be a sort of thing. And uh, lo and behold, it became not just a hobby, but for you, it's become a living. Yeah. It really has. Like, the, the, a living that, that transcends here at Cultaholic. I think a lot of people who are watching today will probably not know you initially for... Cultaholic, they'll know you for Botchamania. I, 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 I knew do, you before oh, Botchamania. I, I knew I knew you as Botchamania. No, apologise by the way. Uh, I I knew you as you know the the man behind these incredible videos and such. And uh, that do you find you do you find a lot of people who watch you through this channel watch you because of Cultaholic or, or because of Botchamania? I don't know about Cultaholic people that go, wow, Matthew was tolerable this episode. I think <laughs> I'll go watch that Botchamania thing Jack and Ross make reference to. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I'd be interested to hear if people did, if they want to leave a comment or anything. Um, that'd be nice, because I genuinely don't know. But more Cultaholic people, sorry, more people recognise me because of being in Cultaholic mm. than Botchamania because, for good reason, I didn't appear on camera in Botchamania. Yeah. Uh, two reasons. I didn't want to be like a, hey guys, you know, Let's see what this idiot did in America. Like that, like Bad Alan and also because I look like this, you know. What do you mean you look like this? You look lovely. I've said I'm the... You know how the portrait of Dorian Gray is a beautiful man with a disgusting painting somewhere? Somewhere, Tom, there is a beautiful painting of me in somebody's attic. And I'll see it just before I'm killed or whatever happens at the end of Dorian Gray. It's been a while. So, uh, no, I never thought I was aesthetically pleasing enough to be on camera. However... So many people do YouTube now. I've gone, well, I've not gotten better, but the measuring stick has certainly gone lower. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So I feel better about myself while doing anything. But it came to you being a cultaholic, and we'll talk a bit more oh, about yes, that sorry. as we go on. Um, what I love about being able to sit here with you is, and um, it was nice to speak to Ross about this, is that uh, I've come into cultaholic and I feel a bit like sort of the fifth Beatle. In the sense that, like those, though, no, you know, you you've got your Adam, your Jack, your Ross, and your Sam, and those yeah. are the the original four. They're the Fab Four. But then you were one of the first people to be away from that Fab Four that broke in as well. And yeah. uh, so I feel like there's a, I feel like I've got a weird kinship with you because of that. Because right. I both I feel yeah, like we're right. sort of yeah. on the outside, on the coming in, like we're climbing through the window type thing. And we want to talk all about that uh, as we go along. Um, Fundamentally today, Matthew, I don't know how many uh, episodes you've seen of Desert Island Grabs and how this actually works. I don't know whether you're familiar with it. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I am going to send you to a desert island, okay? Oh. A metaphorical desert island what? that happens to have electricity. I know. And uh, whilst you're there, I'm going to burn for you a DVD in which you can watch three of your favorite wrestling matches of all time. So as the show goes along, we're going to add matches to your DVD. So let's get it started. What's the first match on your DVD? I know what the other two are going to be for... Even now, I'm doubting myself, but I knew if you gave me a week, the, <laughs> the list of nominations would be at least 300 pages long because, God, I watch a lot of wrestling, and there's a lot of great wrestling to watch. But for the sake of this video, I am picking Dolph Ziggler versus Alberto Del Rio from Payback 2013. Wow. And I know a lot of people are going, really? But I big it up because that represents a time in my life when I was watching these pay-per-views live with friends, didn't have much of a care in the world. Monday morning, fat. It's only two hours time. We'll worry about that later on. Um, stay up and watch it. And, you know, hit or miss. It was a time for some people that we wouldn't meet up with, apart from that one time a month or twice a month or three times a month. Get sick of them by that point. And it just shows how great storytelling can be in the ring when people give a toss 
on the right time. And it doesn't always come together. Some you intend, you know, they can aim for something and, okay, fire. And, oh, whoops, hit somewhere there. Mm. So like, it's completely off. Everything was on on this. Completely out, laser sight and accuracy. Del Rio had been the good guy champ, but he hadn't really done much. They just decided one day, hey, it's me, Del Rio. Boo. No, I'm a good guy now. All right, yay. <laughs> and he had that almost archetypal, hey, it's a be good guy. I know he's a good guy. He's smiling. He's patting people's hands. How you doing? Hello. Kissing babies, whatever, you know. And then Dolph Ziggler had been like the indie cool dude, or even though he wasn't an indie dude, he was getting cheered because of how hard he'd work in the ring for what he was doing. He'd take the big bumps. He basically came out and bragged about how good he was. But because he was so good in the ring, people go, yeah, you know what? You sound like a cocky dick. I'm with you, mate. That's great. That's beautiful. And these two converged. Uh, this was, Ziggler was the champion and he cashed in money in the bank after the day after WrestleMania, which I'm sure a lot of people remember apart from this match. So Ziggler was still being a dick at that point because he cashed in money in the bank after Del Rio had, had a match after WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. So it sets up payback. It was like, Del Rio's like, can I have a proper rematch, thanks? Ziggler's like, yeah, okay. And it's just this amazing double turn because right from the start, it's 50-50. The crowd's like, who are we cheering? Ziggler's still a dick. Del Rio's hmm. flatter than Tango that's been left out for three days, you know, with no lid. And Del Rio just kicks the hell out of him. He just, just, un, just Dario was very good at one thing, WWE, and I was just beating the hell out of someone. Seeing all those matches he had with Sin Cara, was just dropping on his head. And he just keeps on kicking him and beating him and making, because uh, Ziggler had just had a concussion, and that's why he was off the last pay-per-view. So he's like, back of the head, back of the head, back of the head. And it's that slow realization of the crowd. He's being a dick. He's being a CTE-giving dick. And Del Rio is just going, what? <laughs> like he's, such a, he's, he's got him I think he's got him for a suplex or a brain bust or something and he's just there like the crowd just boo getting loud and he's just there like what I haven't I'm not doing anything different you decided to cheer for me I'm just being me just beats the hell out of Ziggler who sells it like um I've seen the Godfather where he stops at the the thing and they shoot him to death and yeah the crowd's at the end he's, he's beat Ziggler wins the title again just there, grinning at the go, sorry. This is oh, it's, I love it. Because it's like, because it's the realization that the crowd has as the match goes on. Oh, right, we get it. Oh, it's perfect. I love it when that comes together. You were watching with uh, a group of people at home. What was the reaction uh, amongst your friends? <laughs> like the crowd. Yeah. Oh, he's being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's a moment when, when you when you can see a turn happening in front of your very eyes. Yeah. You go, ah, oh, don't be stupid. I'm so smart. I know better than, oh, I wasn't. I don't think many people were anticipating it. They, you know, they try and be, and I'm often one of them, I'm trying to say we, like it's not me, too clever for the product. Because mm. a lot of people want to Well, the go, job that we yeah. do suggests that, you know, there is a we mentality to it, whether we, yeah. we try and avoid it, but there certainly is a little bit of that. Yeah. Has there been another moment in wrestling where it is, for all the, all, all the we-based knowledge that we have, has caught you off guard? Undertaker versus Lesnar. Okay, WrestleMania 30. Yeah? Because I remember, it's the rule of three. They used to have, I think, Roman Reigns came along with the rule of 16. But <laughs> I think he hit him. I forget how the match actually ends. It's been so long, but I've seen it loads of times. Because everything that comes after overshadows it. But he hits him three times with the F5, I believe. Or some move. Probably the F5. 
And my mates are like, yeah, whatever, this match isn't very good. And they're like, look, yeah, they're on the phone, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, if this is a film, I'd be the one guy like going, a T-Rex, you know, and everyone else is going, where? And it was like, one, I'm like, mate. And he's like, what? Two, doesn't matter, three. And just that reaction, like, oh, right. Lesnar with no build, just <laughs> barely any build to beat the Undertaker WrestleMania. And that, that was a moment. It just sucked the air out of whatever room you were in. I remember when I watched it with my flatmate at the time and in a similar mindset to uh, the guys that you were with where you were just like, oh, okay, this is a really bad Undertaker match. This is right. a shame. This is a shame. And then, oh, what? No, that's to the point where for days after there was conspiracy theory that did did Undertaker meet? Was he meant to lose that? Was that, that. <laughs> was that part of the plan? Did, did, did Lesnar knock him out? Like, fascinating. Do you remember Kayfabe News? Publish it. It says the reason why Undertaker lost to Lesnar at WrestleMania. Clicked on it because because that's what was booked. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that actually. That was cool. <laughs> Going back to Payback. Uh, so you watched it with a group of friends. How did you meet your wrestling friends? Because a lot of the times when we talk to people, it's a good question. There's, there is, you'll always give, maybe they may have one or two. A lot of people in Desert Island Graps have had one, maybe two. But the way you talk then suggested that you had like a bit of a, a, a collection, yeah. a collective. It's one of those weird things where you like you go out with one friend, and then because I've moved from um, Bish to Newcastle. And didn't know that many people, so I'd go out on a Saturday, not knowing anybody, and I'd just mm -hmm. go to the Legends, which is no longer with us, and just like, look, I've been a crap job all week. I'm going out. I don't care if I get in a fight. I, I want to <laughs> go out. I've got to do something. My, my, my brain's falling out my ears here. And I end up be bumping into somebody who I'd known from Bish, and he was off his head, and he was bleeding, which is not. Oh, a, wow. Not, and he had his coat on. <laughs> He's in the middle of a dance floor. <laughs> so everyone was like, pan like the Red Sea. And he saw me and I went, hey, how you doing? And he went, and he said my name over and over again, Matthew Gregg, Matthew Gregg. And he couldn't stop saying it because he'd taken some wonderful pill. And <laughs> all his mates around him then knew my name forever, to the point where some of those people still call me my full name. I think it's like Ma Matthew hyphen Gregg. And end up hanging with them and seeing them every Saturday. And it's like, oh, do you want me to do this? And like, oh, you like wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my friend likes wrestling. How you do blah, blah, blah. Talk to him, blah, blah. And it really is just like, Networking without LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, just go really out there, is. go there and find somebody. And I think I like to find if I was on this desert island, I would find, I don't know, a monkey. Uh, I was going to find desert, a coconut with a face on it. <laughs> a tree. I'm running out of examples are here. You, sorry. Um, I would find someone to watch wrestling with. Are you good at making friends? So far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at making enemies as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, you good? You, you seem. You seem like you are. You're you're one that's easily that easy to make friends with. I try. It to seems be. that way. It does. Seem I like that way. people. Yeah, and it's easy to forget that I like people when you do mm. jobs that involve the public. That's why people. I've seen comments and stuff. It's the misconception that I'm arrogant or whatever. It's like I'm, it's not that I dismiss a lot of people's opinions. It's me uh, making stuff easy to understand for myself. If you work at a call center. You cannot treat every person who rings you up like it's a serious thing. You treat your colleagues like it's important, but you can't treat those like video games. There's the main players, and then there's the NPCs. So I think that's where people get think I'm this. Like, How dare Matthew ignore people's opinions? I'm like, no, I didn't mean it like that. I just don't mean I don't let them in get what to way, me. In what way do you feel like they 
they talk about you like that in the sense that they think that you ignore people's opinions? This is when I first started Coloholic, to go back to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, no one knew really who I was. And it was really awkward to begin with because the Coloholic crew, I'm older than them. So it's really nice when you see people like Coloholic or effing Tyler Bate when he was like <laughs> barely 20 going, I used to watch your videos when I was at school. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I was really happy not knowing that, Tyler, but I wish you all the best of luck. <laughs> you know, they look up to me like, oh, it's Matthew. Ooh. He's like the, the, the even more nerdy wrestling version of, I don't know, the, the, uh, the Spoonie or whatever. I can't think of any of those old YouTubers. And, you know, it's like that. So they thought the world would be like, Matthew, do your thing. And I'm like, hello, I suck at this. You know, and <laughs> so I read, but I would read the YouTube comments because I felt that I had to. Mm. This is, I'm coming to their world, their island. Yeah. And I had to check those comments. And God, I think that's why me and you were stick together here because it's like, well, 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 they were so flattering. Well, but they were right. They, yeah. were, they were exactly right. But one of the ones I got, I mean, a lot of stuff was Matthew talking over people. Matthew, um, there was other things that I was trying too hard on. I was mm. trying really hard to begin with. But some of the ones, Matthew looks so, and talks arrogant. You can tell he's arrogant. Wow. He has posters on the wall of just him. I'm like, oh, if that's the impression I'm given, then I'm really doing a bad job here. When really it's not the case at all. It's just more the case of I... I, I, I suck at this. <laughs> I suck. It's I'm not arrogant. I just suck. It's more the case of just you know your own mind. Right. I know what I mean. And I think I've made more mistakes accidentally than I have deliberately when I'm trying to offend people. Mm. Like... People, I, I think I've explained my point well. Let me check the comments. I have not done a good job explaining myself. <laughs> so maybe this podcast, I'll be like, no, could you do a side podcast for this podcast? <laughs> and then that podcast will have an index and then whatever. That's, but it's when you come into something like this, it is quite like that. But I want to come back to this in a bit. Um, when, why, why did you move to Newcastle from Bishop Auckland? Because there was sod all happening in Bish. Fair uh, enough. How old were you when you moved? It would have been 10 years ago. So, 22, I don't know, maybe 21. Yeah, 21, actually. You're a footloose and fancy free guy at that point? Oh, yeah, with about 10 pence in my pocket, yeah. Uh, uh, I was just curious as to why, you know, why you came to Newcastle. If you were like, if the world was your oyster. I'm just intrigued yeah. as to why you chose Newcastle. No, it's not I a trick question. Being, I was just intrigued. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good point, actually. Um, why did I come to Newcastle? Because I thought I'd get work there. Uh, mm. My friend, a very good friend, Alex, was living in Newcastle. And he was like, hey, good to um, see you again after all these years. Got reacquainted next to Facebook. You know, he'd gone off a trip in Asia and just found himself, did one of the spiritual journeys. And I'd gone to Bish <laughs> and found charity shops. <laughs> you know? um, he's like, hey, want to come to Newcastle? And I was like, oh, wow. It was like, you know, Dick Whittington almost going like, wow, the big city, running water. Woo. And then... He's like, oh, I try to like, we've got a spare room. Do you fancy staying here? And like, yeah. And within three days of moving in, I had a job. It's like, oh, great. There was, there was nothing in Bish. Mm. What was your first job when you moved up here? Walk. Oh, what's it called? It was called, it's a weird name, Explain Market Research. Explain Market <laughs> Research. Okay. So often you have like a command. <laughs> and it was, I got it and they showed me what to do. It's like, oh, can you start today? I'm like, I'm so good. They're employing me today. Wow, still got it. Yeah, and I realized, like, in years' time, they'll have monkeys doing this job. <laughs> it was, was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. And the point where I realized I could do the job without thinking. So I'd be talking to people and just memorizing the script, and I'd be writing down what to do. 
when I got home at the same time talking to people. And they were some of the worst videos I ever made. Oh, really? Because I'm like, think of something funny. Nothing. There is nothing happening right now. And I think I apologize in the endings of the videos. It's like, look, there's nothing going on in my head right now. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. I'm sorry. And it does what effect it has on your brain. But then from there, I moved on to HMV. Did a lovely Christmas shift there. How did you find working at HMV? Because I, I, I spent a spell working for HMV as well. Oh, right. It's a really fun environment. I, the, one, the one I worked at in the Worcester branches it was a really fun environment to work in. And uh, it, it genuinely inspired like more love for music. Did it do the same to you? We were in the video game bit. So that was nice. Oh, there you and go, I liked it because it was Christmas time, period there, so busy as hell. Makes the day go faster, though, that's my opinion. And they were trying to big up the fact that customer service because you know things like Amazon were taken over. It's like HMV need to have that HMV difference. So whenever a sweet little old lady would come up and go, hello, I'm buying a game for my grandson. I don't know what the name of it is. <laughs> But I know there's a picture of the oh. car on the front. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting hives. Right. I'm getting hives remembering my Christmases. <laughs> and we're like, it's this. I've remembered it. I've written it down. All right, what is it? It is uh, FIFA 2012. <laughs> and she's like so happy. Like, yes, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm so cool. Cool. Which console is it for? Bastard. Oh. I'm like, is it, a, is it black? Is it, what's that? Guess who? Like, what, what, what noise does it make that loads up? Is it, <laughs> or is it like, Whatever the wind makes. And so that was nice. And I thought it was going really well. And they said, look, if we do well this Christmas, we'll keep you on. I remember being in the corner shop, when they had the, had the radio over, and it was just like, HMV records record, record losses this Christmas. Oh, Due to the snow and people staying in and using the internet. I'm like, yeah. Oh, well. So I take it there was no job at the end of it? No, no, it was a good three months yeah it's um i always and I, I used to say this a while ago and i want to see whether you agree with it i believe that everybody should do a christmas working in retail right it should be a bit like national service i, I fully agree maybe not necessarily that but a crap job <laughs> two weeks never mind these nice uh what, what's it called when you do work experience work it's called work experience work or work well, experience Matthew. yeah instead of that and i had a nice one i worked the library I enjoyed that, um, but it was, it's a nice thing. They, you know, they made me tea. Yeah, I gave the chocolates. Very nice. No, a crap job for like a month. And go cool. Do you want to go back to Scott? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to. Like I said, we know how we talk about how you're worried about how you come across in interviews and stuff. I just want to make sure that we emphasize that working agent wasn't a crap job. It was more a job that was was it was gonna it was gonna test you hmm. yeah it was gonna t like, that environment was gonna test you you know what it was it was a hard working job because christmas rush oof, very busy but the important thing was there was good staff to work with yeah and there's nothing like crap jobs ten a penny hmm. but if you got that right that right colleague to work with in that day that could make a 12-hour shift go by like hmm. three hours that that is all right um whilst you were uh working jobs like at HMV and and some crap jobs as well uh, and whilst you were gathering people to watch wrestling you were working on Botchamania mm. which has been a part of your life for a big part of your life um, we want to get into that in just a second uh, before we do uh, the second match for your DVD please sir so we've had uh, Dolph Ziggler and Alberto Del Rio the, the great double turn of 2016 mm. from Payback what's your second one? I'm putting Dolph Ziggler in because I think all I do nowadays is slate Ziggler and I know Ziggler has mentioned Botchamania on WWE TV twice he has indeed so to point out the, to you know the youngins watches no a one 
one point, Ziggler was the best <laughs> yep. in WWE. Yeah. Excuse me. That side. <laughs> uh, what was your one? What was because your Ross put him in. Put the exact same match you're going to put in now. I'm going to have to put it in now. <laughs> Mike Awesome versus Masato. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I really hope that this is a recurring theme because the plan is in 2020, uh, over several months, we will get around to everybody in the office. So everybody will come and do a Desert Island grab. So I hope everybody suggests Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. Same one, One Night Stand? No, I'll be different. Okay, that's there. okay. Because the first ECW tape I ever bought was November to Remember 99. Not a good show <laughs> by any means, but it introduced me to, first of all, ACDC, because my dad was walking past and Spike Dudley comes out like in the opening riff to Highway to Hell comes on. My dad goes, that's ACDC. And I probably as a kid went, no, it's ECW, dad. <laughs> no, son, ACDC is a band. And I went, is it? He goes, yes, here's live. Live? <laughs> yes, it's a live album. Aren't all albums live? At some... Shut up, son. Listen, ACDC. <laughs> and I went, oh, this is good. And ACDC were the first rock band I got into. I was like, really got into them heavy, loved them for years. Uh, what were you listening to before that? Sod all. No, just went before that. My last album was Will Smith, Big Willie Style. Boom, that's a, that's a banger after banger on that particular album. Yes, <laughs> but it didn't bang half as good as live. At, I think it's Donington, whatever. Live somewhere in time. <laughs> <laughs> Why that particular Tanaka awesome match? Like I said, it's the first time. The first time you see, and it really stood out. Uh, not their best match, but this one really stood out on a very middling show. Mm. Because by 99, ECW was going through problems that it couldn't recover from. And the fact that it got 2001 is very impressive. Oh, just don't pay the wrestlers. But that pay-per-view, Awesome versus Tanaka, they'd already done it a few times beforehand. Anarchy Rules 99 was when they both came back at the same time and started kicking. Oh, great, it was all good. And this one was just the spectacle of Mike Awesome being this huge blogey, huge mullet, awesome on his ass, just... Treating Masato Tanaka like a crash test dummy, and Tanaka like getting up going, and like he should be dead. It's the first time he does the power bomb off the apron, and he doesn't just like give the power bomb and drop him. He like turns as he does it, and he like he's wrestling a bag of sugar. I don't know why that's a comparison. Just but effortless energy. Yeah, I'm just like awesome. Jesus. They they the only ones that put in a lot of effort on that show. God bless them. And it's just like. I must have watched that match, rewound it, played it, and watched every one of those spots a thousand times because I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And they had roughly the same match over and over again. But, I mean, like ACDC, yeah. if it's a great album, just re-release it. It's, yeah, <laughs> Don't change it. Don't, don't add anything. Don't remix it. Don't add a rap. Don't add a, just, just do the exact same thing again. Where did you get the video from? Virgin Megastore. Yeah. Were you buying a lot of wrestling videos at this time? Yeah, because the wrestling video thing is is a fascinating one because like we live in a very charmed era where nowadays like everything is available immediately whenever you want it, however you want it. But yeah. um, were you were you in? How often would you say you were buying wrestling videos? I presume. When, I what what year up. was this? It was Virgin Megastore. Oh, we're talking uh, late nineties, early nineties. No, 90s? it would have been oh, two thousand or two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. How often were you buying wrestling videos? Whenever I got enough pocket money. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was allowed to get the 15 rated stuff, but not the 18 rated stuff. Oh, okay. Which is funny. <laughs> my, my family, both, both sides of my family were really, said, you can't watch 18 rated stuff. That's too violent for you. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm not like, I wasn't allowed to watch anything. They, so I had to like blag, you know, to school and people like, oh, did you see Scarface last night? Oh, yeah, yeah. What was your favorite bit? Yeah, yeah, mine too. You know, all this stuff. 
And so what a disappointment it was. The first 18 rated thing I watched, Hellraiser 3. Oh, mate. That's I couldn't shame. believe it. I watched it. I went, this? <laughs> Return to Oz was scarier than this. That's an F and PG. Your parents let you watch 15 stuff, but not 18 stuff. Yeah. Right. So they weren't um, like... Not prudish, but they weren't. Well, they weren't prudish. <laughs> Just kind of they were like they were. Well, they they said, "Look, you emulate the wrestling that's on TV." I went, "What?" Because there's you know, no. We'd like me and my brother would do the uh, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, Tornado DDT. He's going up Northern Life Suplex. No, he's not DDT thing. Yeah, onto a couch bed. So it's a soft landing. We'll do it on concrete. So I was just like, oh, if you do that, then you'll definitely take a load of cocaine and shoot people. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. So they're exactly the same. <laughs> you're very, you're easily, um, easily led, Matthew. I'm like, yeah, okay, thanks. Easily? What? I don't know where that came from. But I was going to say, why do your parents believe you're easily led? Because I wasn't a very smart child. Well, you know, well, I would, you I would strike uh, me as somebody that was quite intelligent as a child. I... I was one of those kids that, because he did well at school and listened to teachers, whatever, thought, oh, I must be smart. So, no, I was just good at school. Oh. In terms of intelligence, it's very, very things I found out. And I think I had this, only recently I've looked, look, you know, you self-reflect and all this, and I thought, like, like lads and Bish uh, and what I went up to were two different things. So I would be, like, watching 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, reading the Iliad and all this, whereas me mates are like, do you come stiff some glue and throw rocks at cars? <laughs> I'm like, oh. So I guess you get that like, oh, I must be up here. And it's like, as I found out more about myself, no, I'm not particularly smart. I just, I'm open-minded, I guess, or cultured. Cultured sounds so pretentious, I'm sorry, but no. it's just doing stuff you'd see, you know, in skins or whatever. <laughs> What's the show about? I was going to ask. I was going to ask how you found yourself in a situation where, as you say, your friends were quote sniffing glue and chucking rocks at cars. Some of my best friends. Some of your those were the best people in Bish. But you were reading the Iliad, like always how? read. Oh, I mean, I've stopped now, but I got used to because it, it was a lot, you know, pre smartphones, pre, you know. I mean, VHS is what, like 15 quid a pop, maybe mm -hmm. if you're lucky. So, yeah, it was like, okay, I'll read a book instead. Libraries, they're free. <laughs> so, yeah, and so I always do that, and I think that just... You know, I was just going off on a tangent that was going nowhere. No, 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 you weren't. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Swore there, sorry. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. It's fine. But, um... Sorry, I've done a get half a point and go, I'll just make up the rest. No, I won't. Why do you Why do you feel that you you get to half point and then stop? Do you feel like are you do you, Do you get concerned that maybe you're talking too much? Because yes. I sometimes get that. Yeah, I'm practicing the art of only trying to talk if I've got something to say. So if I realise, oh no, I'm just talking crap here. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll just end it like that. It's like that break, you know. <laughs> that's it. Next, so. So it was more, was it, so it wasn't so much that you were, like, book smart, it was more just a hunger for information. Yeah, I just liked it and didn't stop. I, didn't, I never read a book and went, this is the worst book I've ever read, and I'm never reading another one. It was just like, okay, I'll read a better one next time. It's funny that. But, Have um, you read this Titus Andronage? Ah, oh, the worst bloody... But, uh, yeah, and I think it's also because it's... It's obvious to some, and it's not obvious to others, and I haven't got it ever checked, but, and this happened only a few years ago, 
one of my mates well long story short bumped them other mates and saw it in my house and I lent them some stuff and then they left and he went so loud that I could hear it um, so is Matthew on the spectrum and I laughed okay. it off and then I went I probably am aren't I and then it was one of these weird things where I asked people everyone was like yeah we thought you knew I'm like Oh my God, am I that on the spectrum? I'm the last person to realize. Oh gosh, and okay. I never did a test, but what I did, not like a proper one, but I did an online one. Mm. And that, oh, give me flashbacks now. It was like question one, and it was like, do you enjoy making lists? And I went, oh no, it's true, it's true. <laughs> the moment you saw that. Oh, 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 oh. I was gonna ask what your reaction was, but obviously you see your reaction was. My family was split because half the family was like, no, you're just, you're a normal guy with some odd tendencies. You're not like socially or, well, social in a weird way where I don't really, I'm not, I'm fine talking with people, love meeting people, talk like that, mm. I've got no issues with that. But then some people say, that's the weird bit. <laughs> Sometimes you should have issues talking with people. <laughs> it's, you but are... then the rest of the family's like, yes, yes, and we still love you for what you are. I'm like, oh. This is in my twenties, but that's weird. That's that. Like, it's that almost uh, immediate reaction from loved ones to go. But we always love you. It's like, <laughs> well, I was hoping that was never in doubt. Yeah, like, that doesn't help. Why, does would, it? why would that? Oh, but we'll, we still love you. So we'll we'll rightly, All your rightly, tendencies. rightly so. I haven't robbed a bank. You know, it's 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 a weird. I think it's. Uh, there's always been a stigma attached to it, and 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 I and I, I feel like we live in an era now where uh, so, things such as, as you say, like being on the spectrum in in a way, and mental health in general as well. I feel like we're in an in an era where it's more understood and it's more um, more accepted than it's ever been. It's less a case of it's it's an issue. It's more a case of okay, that's just the yeah. thing. In the same way that you choose to wear a green jacket that day, it just happens that your brain is wired to think this way. Mm. Like it's not. It's that's that's the end of the thought process. If you see mm. what I mean. Yeah, because very well said. But I like to think as well. If I am, I'm at least a high end work. High end, whatever, whatever you say it. Um, high functioning. Yeah, there we go. So so high yeah. functioning. I've got how to say it. <laughs> but and again. 20 years or so, I may not have been able to milk a cow, mm. but in today's society, oh, the guy that puts wrestling clips of, with video game music, per perfect, mate. You couldn't have had this <laughs> particular set of skills with this particular mindset at a better time. Well done, you. I think, um, and, and, and if, you, if you don't mind me saying this. No, Tommy um, you can say anything to me. You can't offend me. If you don't mind me saying this, it's, I remember that we had a conversation. It was one day we'd been out, we went out for a drink after work. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I think you said, oh, I'm going to stay for one. I said, okay, that's cool. Let's have one. And yeah. I was waiting for my, my good day to finish work. I should remember this. And, um, and, and uh, I, I said, I'm going to stay. Would you like another one? And, uh, and you thought about it for a bit. I said, look, you don't have to if you don't want to. And then you even said to me, you said, no, the thing is, right, if I don't want to stay, I will tell you I don't want to stay and I will go. And that's it's incredibly it's actually incredibly refreshing to think like that because yeah. the amount of times and especially with the with the holiday season on the way where you will be inundated with family guests and, and friends yeah. and such who will do that dance of sort of standing around going okay um I think uh, we're probably going to go to bed now. <laughs> like that. Whereas to, to have the mindset like where you go, okay, I don't want to be here anymore, so I'm going to go, and I'm not going to fret on how that appears. It's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's it's it's, oh, it's, it's it's I'm almost envious in a way because I'd like to be able to have that ability just to just to kind of go right. I don't want to be here now, so I'm going by. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be in, in a nice way like that, but mm. uh, there's sometimes people, hey, come in. Uh, peer pressure has never worked on me. No. It's never been, do this. No. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Oh, please. Not, I won't be your mate anymore. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But it, it's you, you seem like from that sort of shock moment when you had a chat about it to now, you feel like you're at, you're at peace with it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so happy. Yeah. Like, it's, again, you know, the stigma attached to it. I'm like, yeah. And people have talked to me and gone, okay, is he... What's up with this guy? And I've said that, be like, oh, right, you know. Like sometimes it works really well. I will gel with people and I can tell, like, oh, I'm getting along really well. Sometimes I'll talk to people and go, uh huh, uh huh. This isn't working, is it? Yeah. Like, uh, next, you know, it's, it's incredible. It, it's fine. I don't expect you consider to be like dating. Because <laughs> <laughs> you talk to somebody, we've got anything in common? We've got sod all in common. That's <laughs> you prefer awesome snacker from One Night Stand. I'm the very <laughs> member guy. That's fine. But, um, but to, with regards to, like, you know, you talk about, like, I read a space, Od- uh, you know, I watched Space Odyssey. Uh, I read the Iliad, um, and then how does wrestling sort of fall into that? It just seems it seems like how like what made you fall in love with wrestling? Obviously, the the, the books that your Doink your mum bought you was it really Doink the Clown? Please tell because me it was Doink the Clown. He was in that annual, and it wasn't just Doink the Clown. It was the fact that he had Dink the Clown. Wow, because it's because the colours on that thing, the colours purple and yellow for Men on a Mission, the black and white thing that uh, the cow, whatever cowboy thing, Macho Man was doing the point. I've no idea what that's still called this day. That cannot be had. <laughs> Doink and dink. Was the so the the, the, the colours and the characters are what drew you into wrestling, and then you stayed for everything else. Matthew, that's amazing. Matthew, do you think Asperger's helped you? Dink the clown. <laughs> That's amazing, mate. Yeah, there'd be no clown. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Think about that. <laughs> That's, isn't that weird? And I got to see Dink the Clown spring break. Really? Did yeah. You, did you tell? Did you tell him how significant? Oh no, was? I didn't get there. Go near him because his 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 makeup was coming off, and he looked like. You've ever seen those old Jim Henson things? I've been locked away in a fi- <laughs> warehouse for the eighties. There's some on eBay, and it's. <laughs> <skin>. <laughs> At the end of Invaders of the Lost Ark. Oh, God. No, I did not go up to Dink. Do you regret that? (laughs) No. I think you should have done. Because he was in the Spring Break Battle Royal. He was booked, did his spot, and then just left. And the announcer had to go, "Uh, yeah, Dink's been eliminated. He just... (laughs) (laughs) He just got bored. He just left. He just got bored and just quit the match. (laughs) That's amazing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Pressing's at its best, but it is inherently nonsense. Right. Yeah, why did we go from these pretentious films, oh, I was smart things, therefore I'm smart, to wrestling? Because of a great storytelling. Hmm? I mean, maybe not that point, 93, 94, but I only started watching it regularly in 99 when we got the NatWest box. A bit like Sky, but if you're poor. The, um, the Nat, I don't remember the NatWest. Uh, oh, oh. NatWest, you with your TeleWest. I was going to say, NatWest Nat West is a bank. <laughs> yeah, a bank gave us some... <laughs> the TeleWest box. Your son looks like he's a big... <laughs> the TeleWest box. You're so much Gladiator movies. <laughs> and TeleWest box, I do remember. Yes, thank you. TeleWest. <laughs> what did TeleWest become? Um... BT Cellnet? No, no, I don't know. Yeah. Telewest became. Oh, I'll pause in the comments. Um, oh, whatever. No one cares. Whatever Sorry. Okay, whatever. This is me going for one of my things. No. And so we got a bit of Sky, and it was around 99. And mm. funny enough, it's a time I'm revisiting with you, but that's when it was. Oh, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Brad, um, Brandon Stroud. But don't quote me. He described a 99 product as. Went from the do attitude, crazy boobs and suck it, to 99, which was glow, but with men. <laughs> Essentially, because it's just, it's just so, it, when they said the male soap opera, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Every week you'd be like, remember this thing and this little universe? And D'Lo Brown was with Mark Henry, then Mark Henry was on D'Lo. And then, and it was great. It was great. It was such good stuff. One of our one of our projects at the moment that myself and you are working on, uh, among other things that we work on, is um, the SmackDown review where we're going back to that time in 1999. That's where right. It is that's what I was referencing. Smash and grab over the top storytelling. Like endless storytelling nonsense, yeah. and it is an exciting time as a wrestling fan to watch that again. Yeah. It really is. And those two worlds combining, by the way, uh, with like Werner Herzog saying nothing but positive things about wrestling at the middle. Well, he says WrestleMania. I don't know if he means he watches one event per year. <laughs> and who can blame him? Mate, he's up every year for Mania. He loves it when uh, they bring out singers. <laughs> I love, they bring I out, they bring out rappers to do the songs. I love Zimach the most when the bear <laughs> eats the wrestler. <laughs> but I, mean, I love Werner Herzog films, by the way. Good. Why, um, favorite Werner Herzog film? Anything with Kinski. Uh, oh, I'm going to say Wrath of God, just okay. because of the end bit where he's completely delusional. There's no one else left, but he's on this raft. It goes, then we will take Rome. Then we'll invade. And he's literally just talking to bananas. <laughs> And these little animals are crawling on there going, we'll do it, yes. And the <laughs> Everyone's dead. Because <laughs> Kinski was so amazing. God. No one's going to care about that. We might, we might touch on that in a bit when we get to uh, what movie you're talking. Oh, goody. Um, where did Botchamania start? It's gear change. Yeah. Take us back to the beginning of Botchamania. A lot of people who watch this will know that work that you do. Yeah. It's, where did it start? They might not at this point. They'll be like, where's Puppet Jack, for the love of God? <laughs> uh, I've... Uh, I said for years it was 07. It may have been late 06, because I got my laptop late 06. But I can't remember how long it took me to make it, because I literally discovered how to video edit doing Botchamania. 
It only got good the last three years. So you've had no, you had no prior video editing skills. No, not even at school. So, so oh no, wait, we had iMovie, but I wasn't gonna do on that. So, so what made you want to? What made you want to cover the wrestling the way you do, with no knowledge of how to implement it? Sod it. Let's see what happens. Really? Yeah. I had and big people may not know. YouTube of 06 was a lot different than one of 07. Mm. It wasn't like I did this video, oh, success. It's like, no. There was sod all people watching these. Because there had been, uh, I inherited Botchumania basically from John Barber, who made him and his John Barber, who was the Chikara referee, much of he still is. Uh, he, Him and his mate, apparently, according to him, no one else can back it up but him, and he's whatever, did the first two. And then Joey Knight Heat from the WrestleCup forums did the third one. And I thought, oh, can I go? Is it my turn? And uh, made Botchmania 4. People said, this is good. This is better than Joy Night Heats because the Botchmania 3 sucked. That's the thing. The first two were great. Botchmania 3 was awful. Horribly edited. He tried to put his own slant on it. His Werner Herzog uh, auteur theory on it. And it sucked. So I went, sorry, I'll make Botchmania 4 because it was so bad. And I think I can do better. I can literally learn how to video edit to do this better than them. And it was like two comments. That was good. You should do another. And I go, all right. There's a fifth one, sixth one. Just and nobody on nobody stepped in and went, I want to have a go at No, that. if I had known I'd still be doing this years later, I probably would change the name Mistake Fest. <laughs> it's become part of the lexicon. Do you know the origin of, of why it's called Botchamania or not? I don't know whether you do. Well, I've had a mania on then. It's the Hulkamania, Beatlemania. It's just the word botch is now a botch. The word botch is so associated with wrestling. And it's because of the videos. I think people use the term botch pre that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they sort of use it now, yeah. But in terms of where I hear it in modern day lexicon, it is really associated with wrestling. And so you picked it up from form. And you just so you were working as well at the same time. You had a job at yeah. this point, and it was just this was just a passion project yeah. that you plugged away at. Yeah, did it during uni. Do you know I had two and a half jobs any time? Work at the library in the Asian Elders Institute, and then work in the audience cinema, and then work as a caretaker, and then yeah, come home do some rest after after doing some fabulous uni stuff. It's a complete waste of time, the benefit of hindsight, but that's that's the fun of hindsight, isn't it? Was there a point where you realised? This is this is catching fire. Monster Mac, who God, who was wrestling for then? I can't remember who was wrestling. But it was Ring of Honor, uh, the place CCW. Uh, sent me a message saying, "Oh, I love the video." And I was like, it's "The Monster Mac." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, he was very flattered by that because I had a chance to speak to him on Skype and all this. We we're do this like Skype interview thing, and it was recorded horribly. Bless him. But we had a nice conversation, all this, and it was just like, oh, like, like the Monster Mark, as if there was a guy impersonating me. It's <laughs> like, wow, wrestlers watch this. Because I didn't even think, uh, it was, sounds really dumb now, but I just thought the two completely, well, this is reality, huh. this is internet land. I switch off the laptop, that's it. This, that, this, this isn't real life, this is just stupid internet stuff. And to a degree, I still have that, because that, if you're faceless, it doesn't matter. Well, it would be like three weeks before someone reacts to something you've done in the real world. But that just kept on building up and building up. And it was when I did MAGFest. Oh, yeah, remember this now. I went to MAGFest just because of the bands that were playing. Because some of them are featured in the so were videos. So were like you Arm invited Cannon. to go? No, no, you... first time I went, I went. As a patron? Yeah. 
and just was like, oh, I'll have a nice time here. Met some friends and all this. Um, sort out a situation where underage lad drank so much he fell down and broke somebody's leg and I had to talk to the policeman with my fine British accent at three in the morning. It was all sorted out, it was very nice. And so like, oh, you should come back next year. We'll have you over for this, this, this. I was like, oh, okay, great. And then I went, oh, that was nice being at MAGFest and just put, <laughs> posted on the YouTube comment section. And people were playing going, you're at, Ma you're at MAGFest? You should have said something. It was, oh, sorry, I didn't realize people would like, know me. And end up being a long story thing with a uh, yeah, Spoonie one and Sean Faust. And footage of that is in the documentary about Spoonie that has over a million hits. So I'm technically in a video about Spoonie for about three seconds. <laughs> that has over a million hits on YouTube that for like three seconds. And it's me with my hair. And I look like the guy from Placebo. It's, I'm glad it's saying. Fast forward that bit. <laughs> anyway. Sounds like a strong look. Yeah. And then he's just gradually there. And then Spoonie ended up never coming back to MagFest for reasons he blamed on MagFest, even though there was piles of women waiting to do whatever he wanted. And he was like, oh, I don't like MagFest. I'm like, mate. Wow. And then people there like liked what I said because I was articulate and, you know, can remember the wrestlers' names, just better than him. <laughs> and so because of that, they were like, you should come next year and this year and this and this. And it was like, I was like, oh, I didn't realize people watch these in real life. And people were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, is it? I was like, well, I don't see this. I do my life and this is the Botchamania thing. That, that there were two separate things as far as I was concerned. There was no pressure for you to make it anything. I think nowadays we yeah. see a lot of people, and, and I have conversations with a lot of people who say, I want to get on and do, and you must get this as well, like I want to be a YouTuber, I want to be yeah. internet famous and stuff, and it puts all that pressure on them to become that almost immediately, whereas with you, right. it was just something you were doing as a, as a, as a hobby, as a passion mm -hmm. project that, as you say, you did, and then you cracked on with your life, and you had a job that paid the yeah. bills and everything else, and because you just did it consistently like that, and there wasn't that pressure for it to be anything more than a hobby, a passion yeah. project, it ended up becoming more, and your your personality shines through in all of them, which I think is very, which is which is difficult to do when you're not on it. Mm. But it's like oh, I think you. before anybody meets you, like they've got a measure of what you're about based on the videos you put together. Um, how do you push through on those days when you're when you're doing it, and 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 we all go there, like where well, you just you're not inclined to do it because because like. It's a, it's there, there's so much wrestling now that it's that it, it has almost become full time to keep it up. And hmm. uh, how do you get through on those days where you're just like, I do I want to do anything other than watch people fall over in wrestling? I've had a bunch of messages from people over the years that have basically been. Botchamania has been one of the few things that has got me through this very troubling time. I'm like, oh. Wow, this is really important. I'm not saying it's really important to a lot of people by any means. That's, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But to a few people, this really is something that helps them through bad times. And I'm like, okay, that's what I remember. I mean, it's... It, I'm not getting into it too much, but there's, there's been some ones where... See, now I'm stopping my conversation now because it's, it gets grim. But uh, there we go. I'll let you paint the picture. I'm not trying to, like, whatever. I try to use them to go, aren't I a great guy? Because it's not. I'm, I'm, you're, I'm not you're, doing it to you're impress people and go, look what a nice guy I am by showing some guy mess a move and land on his ass. Ha, ha, ha. Da, 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 da. No, I'm saying I care less about those people think I sound like an asshole saying that. I'm more about those people who took the time out to send me messages like that. And I'm like, okay. Me not being asked watch Raw 
give it my undivided attention. It's like, yeah, but this, like this person over here will appreciate, you know, ricochet on moonsault or whatever. You're allowed to take pride in what you do. I often feel like there's, it's almost discouraged. Do you feel that? Yeah, it's that weird dynamic where I can say you're good, Tom. But if you went, yeah, I am good, I'd be like, arsehole. It, it is weird, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, there is there is a fine line. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's like you can say, I mean, you've, I'm very flattered by the things you're saying. And I would like even if, I mean, I'd like everybody here. If they, isn't it weird, by the way, how Colaholic has this lovely bunch of people working here? Not the people here are dickheads. Yeah. What a weird working environment. <laughs> it is a peculiar working environment because we all get on with each other yeah. and we all work together for a common goal. In a lot of businesses I've worked in, uh, and even recently, that is quite uncommon. Right. The idea that there isn't anybody trying to undercut another person, nobody trying to steal anything from anybody, nobody feeling uh, bullied or upset or, or whatever. And I'm sure if ever a situation like that arose, it would be dealt with uh, forthwith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is peculiar, yeah, isn't right. it? It is very peculiar. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that, you mentioned that because um, I feel like I need to talk while we're here. About our first interaction. <laughs> oh no! Okay. I feel like no. We, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. I feel like we need to because <laughs> God, um, it's. If anybody imagine how myself and Matthew first came to talk to each other, it is a billion miles away from whatever you could possibly imagine it to be. And um, and I know this is your interview, but I kind of I want to lead. No, no, this, it's a this good part time of the story. I feel like it's. Uh, Go right ahead, Tom. Only so, you can tell this well. So it was. It was an NXT show, and I want to say... Was it NXT or was it was, the arena? It was NXT at Newcastle Arena. So it was NXT. All right, cool. It was NXT at Newcastle Arena, and I want to say it was right. 2017? Could have been 16. NXT. 2015 was 15. when NXT ran. It, it was, was the same year as the NXT London takeover. It was the night... It was the main oh. event of that night was Sami Zayn versus Neville. Yeah. And it was the return of Sami Zayn, first match back since he's been injured. Okay. And... Um, um, we, I, I followed. I yeah, knew about you. I knew about you for, for years. Like myself and my younger brother, we spent one holiday just like watching hundreds of episodes of Botchamania. I seem to remember we were in Florida, like the most, the most magical place in the world. We were in Orlando, and we had a. We, I remember we had a, we had a, we had a house with a pool area, but we sat in the front room and watched Botchamania. <laughs> We were just drawn into it. This is years before this happened. So I found you on Twitter, and and I think I tweeted you a couple of times. But you, you know, by that point you were magma, <laughs> almost to quote OSW review. You got magma, and uh, there was one this occasion on uh, it was uh, for NXT, and you tweeted that you were going. So you know, shoot my shot. I tweeted you and said, "Hey, look, hey, um, I'll be there too. Love to buy your pint." And I think you tweeted back to say, you tweeted something back that you didn't say yes and you didn't say no. Because I certainly took it as, he hasn't said yes and he hasn't said no. So I remember buying a pint, at, and it's this is on me. This is all on me. I bought a pint. It's on both of us. Nah, mate, it's completely on me. Uh, I'd, I'd at, the, at the interval, I bought a pint. I bought two pints. I bought a drink from my missus and I bought a pint. And I bought another pint. And I took a photo of the pint and I sent it to you. And then, and then I heard nothing from you. And I got a bit drunk. And I got a bit pissed off. 
because I felt like, and I'm embarrassed, I felt like, oh, you just snubbed me. Because I didn't know you from Adam. I felt like you'd snubbed me. And uh, I think somebody had messaged on my, somebody put something on my Facebook about how, like, oh, Matthew was there. And I just went off drunk and angry. Like, yeah, I bought him a drink, didn't bother, whatever, not bothered anyway. It was. I saw that. Yeah, you yeah. did. The next day, when I'd sobered up, I think I'd woke up and there were messages from you. And there were tweets from you. And I realized, what an asshole I actually was. And I think I messaged you privately. And I think the last conversation I think we had, I think you even very, very, very magnanimously said, I'm glad that we could sort this out like gentlemen. Yeah, I, I meant that as well. I remember you saying that. And I remember, and it kind of, weirdly that day made me realize I actually need to be a better person than I currently am. <laughs> Weirdly. Really? Yeah. I wasn't a ter- I've never been a ch- I've never been a terrible person. But um I was aware that like stuff like that was bad. That was bad form right. and you should never speak to people like that and I get now very I get like you did. I get very upset when people come at me the way that I came at you. Yeah. Because I had ideas of I, I wanted to, to succeed in an industry I wanted some recognition for something but you were already doing your thing and I was bang out of order and I have although I have on many occasions apologized I will spend the rest of our oh, lives please apologizing don't. on the odd occasion for my behavior during that moment i can fully understand where you're coming from with this but please how long have we worked together far too long like come on <laughs> we're sat here yeah, you know what this is the time yes tom i've never forgiven you <laughs> that was the time what a perfect Boom. place yeah. here we go but it's but how dare you not put tanaka and awesome in your day <laughs> i knew you were wrong and but to, to give my side of the story was tom said hey hi who hey you know he's been radio tom and i was again i was being Talk about people. So he said, let me buy you a drink. And I think I said, no, no, you're all right. And he went, I'll buy you one. And he went and bought me one, which at the arena is, we're talking double figures. So, oh my God, no wonder he's mad. And at that time, and I'm like, well, well, no, no, no. Trying to say, no, I've said no. But by the way, I've realized since, it doesn't matter if you're in the Northeast or anywhere else in the England, if someone says, I'll buy you a drink, or do you, what, do you want a drink? It's not a rhetorical question. You have to accept it. Hmm. You, other people have gotten quite aggressive. Like, I'll buy you a drink. No. I'm buying you a drink. Okay, yeah, right. it's very, yeah. yeah. Get so very I, aggressive about buying drinks. Absolutely. And as you're doing that, some people are like, hey, Matthew, oh, hi, and then we heard the noise of the thing, like, oh, now take your places. It was like, we went, took our places to see the show. And I didn't even see you. And you were taking a photo, and I couldn't get good signal. This is, you know, my cracked phone now is an example of the type of technology I have. But... Before this, it was not a good phone. It was about yay big. It was like a free gift you get with sugar puffs, and I couldn't get good signal. So it was maybe an hour later, like, your tweets loaded up, and it was like, here's your pint. I'm like, well, that's probably gone. <laughs> and then, like, the message is, Matthew did this, Matthew did that. I'm like, what? Yeah. I said no. Like, again, me being whatever. Like, I, uh, Your Honor, I think you'll find that he said you want to drink it. I said no. And it was like... I'm like, who's this radio guy? I'm like, oh, it's actually quite well known and people knew who you were. I'm like, oh, well, I can we get this resolved nicely? And we did, that's fine. And it was funny later on, you'd be like, oh, it's that, um, what's his name? Who's gonna be doing the commentary? Tom 
where do I know that name from? Oh, that guy with the booze at the arena. Yeah. But how funny is that? We've worked together for so many different things. We hung out and done so much stuff. Our worst thing that we've had, issue-wise, whatever, was the first time we ever met. Can I be honest? How great is that? Can I be honest with you? Go on. We do commentary for North Wrestling, um, and we used to meet you up. And yes. We used to meet up and record. We record it in post-production yes. for North Wrestling. So, uh, and it was Andrew Bowers who runs North that told us that we'd be working together. And I think we'd had a few, so very tentative, toe in the water conversations yeah. between then and North. There was a couple Have we not of years. met up before? No, no, because you'd done ring announcing at uh, places. We had, yeah. That's that, how we'd met. That was or it. Re-met. I, I remember. Okay. It was absolute wrestling. Yeah, that's it, absolute. It was absolute wrestling. Press F. I was, yeah, this is, wow, this is all coming right back. It was absolute wrestling. And I've been asked to ring an ounce. Yeah. It was the any six suite. Yep. And you were there doing. I love commentary. that getting to mention on this, by the I way. Yeah, right. <laughs> Big love twenty six suite. You were there doing. You were there to do commentary with Matt Stallion. That's it. Legend. I was on the opposite side of the venue to you, and I saw you come in, and I genuinely felt sick because I hadn't seen you since then. <laughs> I genuinely felt sick, and. I wow. took myself away. I was chatting to might be Neil Rogers. I took myself away. Big, big, love, Neil, big love, Neil. Big love, Neil from uh, WrestleCrate <laughs> and other things. Keeping it local. Calling spots. Um, I took myself away, and I thought, right, I can't. Like, I'm literally about to work in amongst these people. And I saw you doing the absolute right thing, and you were doing the rounds, and you were shaking everybody's hands. I saw you doing that, and uh, I said, look, I can't hide. I'm just, I'm just going to approach. I'm just going to approach you or sort of be near as you come round, and I'm just going to meet this head on because I'd rather just have apologized face to face and enjoy the night and just get away with as few scorch marks as possible uh, as opposed to spending all night sort of hiding away because that did cross my mind not that you were going to hit me or anything I just felt I, it wasn't like you were you, you're not a threatening imposing figure not at all I just felt so cripplingly embarrassed oh. at myself and so humiliated in myself for the way I and, and this is why this is why I always say to people like just mind your P's and Q's when you talk to people online because you're going to find yourself in a situation like I found myself in when somebody's coming at you with absolutely no ill will and you just feel so cripplingly sick because y- you you know what you've done and came up to you I shook your hand and I think the, I said I'm Tom and I said we have kind of met before and I explained the situation and you even went oh yes like you knew and 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 I just I just remember I just remember grovelingly apologizing I said look I'm re- like it was out of order and I'm really like sorry I'm really sorry and then you put and then you put your hand out again and I just I think I went for broke and I just went yeah, we hug it out yeah, yeah. and then we had a big hug and then Aww. from there, off the races we went. And, uh, yeah, but I remember that night. I remember being really frightened Mate. that you were there. No, 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 no. And not, not again, nothing that you've done at all. Nothing that you've done. More from my own hubris <laughs> and right. my own my own bad housery. Yeah. You know? <laughs> With all that point of the situation, we would go, oh, I made a mistake. There's no one to blame but me. Exactly. I have to take ownership of this and just... 
have to take a, to a big bite of poo pie. You've got to fall on your sword, which I did that Your, your expression was much nicer than mine. <laughs> yeah. Fall on your yeah. poo pie. But again, there's no issues with me and you. No. No. And it's, I, it's I, a, I, this is funny to me now. I mean, obviously, it sounds pretty quite horrible. I was asked, you, I was, but it's funny that, like, ha, 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 like, we got along so well. We do such good work. You've brought me up to, I mean, not your level, but you're helping me, absolutely. I had a therapy session a while back, and I was, and they said to me, um, they asked me to name some of my closest friends, and I named you. Oh, mate. Yeah. Exactly. I just saw off the top of my head, one of the people I named was you. So that shows you how far we've come since that initial interaction. I hope that was the only time I came up in therapy. Nah. Uh, <laughs> that was just supposed well, to happen. That's oh, twice now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Comedy acting one on one. Hey, we're still on the island. Um, <laughs> okay. We oh, yeah, wrestling. Yeah, we've still got to talk about wrestling. So, Stupid wrestling. So Tanaka and Awesome. <laughs> um, right. Also on Cultaholic Island, let's bring this back up to yeah, a, nice, okay, a lighter keel. Um, you have to take with you uh, a movie, an yeah. album, and a luxury item. Yeah. Um, so let's start with your movie. It's even harder than the wrestling. Okay. <laughs> with a Gundam Heat. We talked about the monkey, There's been a monkey revolution, and they've got a Gundam Heat. Now I'm going to win a Herzog on it. It's a film special to me that I've got to watch. <sighs> Probably being such a weird, important part of my life for different reasons. Goldeneye. Wow. <laughs> Why Goldeneye? Because it's a cracker. <laughs> Min, love Goldeneye. What is, it, what is it about Goldeneye of all the Bond films? I, I like, I've said, like, what, Herzog and Wallace. Yeah, I'm allowed to, like, no, you know. No, 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 this is it. This is it. Like, Ross, Ross, Ross is taking Gold 1. I know, I heard. So it's like, God. it's not about the best film ever. Like, I'm, I'm expecting people to go, oh, the Shawshank Redemption. But it's not about that. It's about those films that you're happy to watch over and over again if you're literally stuck on a desert island. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's Goldeneye. It again. Why Goldeneye above all the other Bond films? <sighs> Good question. Oh, I know. Because a very famous N64 game that ah, came out alongside yes. it that I played most of my childhood in, <laughs> on, whatever. And yeah, and played that with mates. Play that play with me dad. <laughs> Probably played video games. <laughs> that wasn't champ man. <laughs> played it with people. As an adult, played it. Talked about it. Um, watched it again with mates. Gone, wow, remember Goldeneye and all this. And, and yeah, it's just it's one of the films that's been attached to my life somehow. And even better, I played the game, then watched the film. So I was blown oh. away. I remember like, you know, to meet up in the, the park with all the statues. And he goes like, he says, you know, the line that's in the game. And we're like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the movie is based on the game yeah, rather than know, the game based on the movie. But I literally understand when everyone else in the world it's you at this point. But I'm like, oh my god, that's the bit where you have to shoot him. Do you play single or multiplayer on Goldeneye? Well, both. Okay, okay. Best custom multiplayer game. Because oh, this was the thing right, whereby yeah. you had uh, custom multiplayer games that you played. Oh, it's going to sound really pretentious, but because I was so good at the game compared to my brother, it would always be two-on-one handicap. Nice. My okay. brother and his mate against me. Do you ever play uh, Protect uh, the President? No. Okay, so one of you would be... Who's the short guy? Odd job. Odd job. One of you would be Odd job. I must say Other two would be... <laughs> Yeah, I ain't protecting you. One of them would be our job. Sorry, John. You'd have other two other people who'd be security guards, and then you'd have somebody else trying oh, to be an assassin. Oh, that's good. Except the president. We didn't have any, like, funny... Oh, Nintendo. We played Nintendo. the ones that they gave us, like, oh, Slappers really? Only or Ram the Golden Gun. Oh, or... no, no. Nintendo Power used to publish, like, almost on the monthly, like, custom multiplayer so games. I was an N64 play. magazine type of guy, and uh, there's none of that in there. None of that malarkey. Um, album. Faith No More, Angel Dust. 
You it's, knew that immediately. It, 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 as much as I love ACDC and all the other bands I've listened to over the years, God, what an album. I mean, I listened to that album nonstop during my... Oh, which was it? Six, not my GCSEs, May levels. Mm-hmm. And my at the same time I was doing those, very unhelpfully, uh, the house had been refurbished and they were doing the loft conversion. So all of my room was covered in giant dust, whatever they call them, dust towels, the sheets. Dust mites? No. Just everything looked like everything looked like Dexter, okay. basically at that point. <laughs> Apart from like my bed. Right. I was like, all right. And my little Sony Walkman. I was like, oh, one album. And I just got into that. And I only knew Faith No More from um, Epic. But that's the album before this, when they were a bit happy. Uh-huh. This was an album they did. I believe they experimented with sleep deprivation. And they went to some strange dark places. It's bleak. <laughs> it's, it's, and you want that on a desert island with you? Yeah, because I associate that helped me. It's a bleak, horrible album, but I loved listening to that album during an awkward time, a very stressful time in my life. It was almost like, oh, if it wasn't for you, Mike Patton and Co., ooh, <laughs> would have done so well on my A levels, or kept saying. And so even though it's horrible and everything, like just hearing the opening few notes have been like cowboy, it's like, ah, oh, everything's all right. It's a handy reminder so it, that the it's world's weird, okay. I'll sometimes watch a comedy and be like, oh, that was nice. But I'll see a truly miserable film and I'll feel top of the bill. <laughs> Give that, me Gus Van Sant and I'm doing leapfrogs. Is that more so... <laughs> isn't that more... Um, isn't that more sort of schadenfreude? I mean, you think about it. Your, yeah. your, entire, oh, I mean, yeah. your entire work is based on schadenfreude. Yes. So that's probably why. Maybe. Because your 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 day-to-day, like, your, your online role is here are wrestlers getting things wrong. Here are wrestlers having a tough time. Yeah. I think it's because I think I have lots of schadenfreude there, and it's yeah. when stuff... Oh, I forget. Was it W.C. Fields? It was somebody like that who had a quote. It was about comedians, and I don't consider myself a comedian, but, I mean, I'm trying to entertain people at the end of the day. He said, to make a normal person laugh... You have to push someone, like a man dresses an old woman down the stairs. To make a comedian laugh, you have to push an old woman down the stairs. <laughs> and it's just like that. And I guess when you're trying to entertain people and stuff like that, only stuff going horrifically wrong can really get a buzz out of people. It's why things... I think I'm broken slightly. No, no. Do you know what? When you look online and you see the sheer amount of fail compilations and such like that, you know for a fact that you are in good company of people who enjoy watching people going wrong. Right. And there are many times I've felt incredibly guilty about stuff I've put in Botchumania, the existence of Botchumania, me as a person. And I've just told people, other people, when they come they go and say, how dare you? I'm like, look, if I wasn't doing this... Somebody else would. So at least we've got good taste in music. Have you ever had uh, a, a big fallout with somebody regarding you putting them into Botchamania? No, they've blocked the... me on Twitter now. Ah, oh, fair enough. That's, That's easy. easy. Now, no one's really done it. Be, uh, well, I don't know why. You th- I've been begging for like somebody to take me to task because I've got no defense. Mm. You take our hard work and put them in your stupid videos and you, you get off on it. You get a buzz. People call you good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty, Your Honor. Like, there's not. What am I going to defend it against? There's nothing. So it's a little like I feel odd. It's like no one's taking. Like everyone's like, yeah, good job. If you like that that cannibal, mm. that ate that French woman and went back to Japan and didn't arrest him, he <laughs> just a, became a celebrity. But it's a bit of a badge of honor now, isn't it? Though. <laughs> yeah. To be because wrestlers are crazy. Yeah, I think to, to feature in it is a badge of honor. Yeah. 
Which is probably why uh, you have not all of them, task. but most of them. And people get really, I think, when I go on podcasts and whatever, and they always go, well, who's the who got most annoyed? I'm like, I'm sure plenty of them are thrilled. Yeah. Uh, but the only one who uh, do anything is, is Joe Gacy. And I almost feel bad bringing him up because he's improved. I would say he improved a lot, got really better, but he sucked okay. for a while. <laughs> and he got overpushed because he was Sammy Callahan's friend. Right. And Sammy Callahan had, you know, DJ Hyde's ear. Um, it's true. And so I was like, oh, he's God. And I, I said the comment on one thing, and I've said a lot of things I regret, but this one obviously came back at me because he was out of shape back then. I said, he's only over as a heel when he doesn't wear a shirt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice line, isn't it, it's I a, guess? It's a nice line. It's, it's, it you only get it back at you. But no, it's, it's incredibly ni- mean-spirited. But it's a nice line, without a doubt. Yeah. And then he went on Twitter and was just like, I think he had the intentions of coming at me. Like, I'm going to sort this guy out. Yeah. I'm going to put him on his place. However, all Joe Gacy gave me was set up lines. And he <laughs> tweeted at me, how do you know what is and isn't a botch? I replied, by watching your matches. <laughs> oh, God. It was a really good night because Gacy had nothing. And I was suddenly, you know, Don Rickles. It was like... <laughs> Another CGW wrestler was like, can we get you booked for Cage of Death? <laughs> oh, my God. You booked just, you worked yourself into a shoot. Yeah, right. To quote Hulk Hogan. But again, Gacy's gotten way better. I, yeah. He's the only guy I bring up because he posted like, to take me to Twitter. Um, Matt Stryker says Vampiro was looking for me. Oh, wow. Okay. And I found out he doesn't know what I look like because at StarCast 2, I was running around the green area completely out of place. There was Kenny McIntosh. I'm like, oh, I know him. And then walks in the entire AEW roster. I'm like, I definitely belong here right now. <laughs> Kenny McIntosh is like, so business travel for the q and I'm like, have you seen any good gifts lately? I'm oh, fucking idiot. But then Vampiro was walking around and I went, oh, great. Well, no one in the room is here pro is pro me. There's Ricky Morton. <laughs> like, maybe I'll throw him in front of Vampiro and run. He clearly didn't know who well, I was. We know for a fact that Vampiro... Va- oh, thank God. Vampiro won't come at you unless his music plays. So providing his music doesn't play, then you're fine. <laughs> no, but then he'll try to get up from his chair and fart, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be paralyzed with laughter. He'll just, oh, whatever. Okay. Um, you're, so Faith and all your album, your luxury item for your... Can for I say a desert? toilet? You can indeed. Quite a few Get people in. say toilets. Oh, okay. You'd be amazed the amount of people that are, are concerned with uh, <laughs> with that department. Uh, like Cole Cabana, who's taking a B-Day. James Storm, oh, who's taking for... toilet paper. You're the oh, second person well done, to James take Storm. a toilet. Well, you'd use a leaf, surely. You'd use the sea. <laughs> the, nature's bidet. Nature's bidet. Uh, okay. Um, you'd bring a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we have one more match for your DVD as well. So, oh. what would you like your final wrestling match to be? I often get weird sometimes when people come up to me like, "Oh, Matthew, yeah," because I'm often like, "Oh Christ, what?" I'm thinking, "What do they want? What are they expecting?" <laughs> like this, like this amazing. Yes, it's me, King of Botches, or whatever. And it's like, I, and this is me, isn't it? So it's like, oh. So I honestly enjoy being in a wrestling crowd, enjoying a wrestling match better than I have doing like, "Yes, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> Big botch man is here. Like, Big botch man. So, undoubtedly, it's got to be, there's not even any comparison, any second thing here. It's got to be being in VXV, WX Dub, Germany, for 16 carat, 2018. Every time they do these uh, big three day events, they have a world title match that will heavily hype. <laughs> and this was Bad Bones defending against Walter. And Walter had won a match at the last big show to decide the stipulation for it. 
So everyone's going, okay, what, Last Man Standing, Iron Man, what we're all going to get? Volta comes out, and Bad Bones has had a band play his theme, and then Volta's, you know, all this was like, oh, it's already, like, it's going to be good, this. Those two had really good matches. Volta um, goes, I pick the stipulation in, in, in German, uh, triple threat. And I went, wait, what? Shut up, phone. Wait, what? And then everyone went for half a second. Wait, that can only mean, but it can't be. Ilya Dragunov had feuded with Bad, Bad Bones and hadn't been seen for, I believe, four months. No other company in the world could get away with this, but if WXW wants something kept a secret, they'll keep it a secret. Ilya Drag, but he's retired, right? They're literally not mentioned on TV. It can't be Ilya. And everyone's going, like, is it? His theme plays. And I've never been part of a crazier fan reaction wow. than that. I... It, um, I was next to Mike Kilby, who I consider a, a nice friend at this point, uh, crying. Crying with, like, the emotion of... Not only is Elliot not retired, not only is he alive, he's, he's in this match. His opponent, Walter's like... Because Walter and Elliot had their series where they basically just see if they could... Who could put their chest... Their chest... Their... Whatever. Their, their, palm, their palm through the chest. See how far they could get their palm in someone's chest. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Thank you. And Bad Bones had been Ilya. And then it was like, like rock, paper, scissors. It came out. And God, real, genuine, oh, my God, this is happening emotion. Hell of a match. And then Ilya won and went mental again. Isn't wrestling I incredible mean, when it can do that? And I love going to Germany for them. I love that the German fans are amazing. They're a lot like the British fans, or the UK and Irish fans, I should say. There's one, one key difference. The UK and Irish people will drink all night. The German people will drink all night. The UK and Irish people will sleep in. The German people will get up at 7 a.m. as if nothing's happened. <laughs> so, you know, much love to you all, but Jesus. And, yeah, I love going over there and having fun and getting out of that. And some wrestlers are very polite. Some of them are like, get away from me. <laughs> I'm a Deutsch. And it's, it's just, I love that place. You booked tickets for 2020, I saw Yes. Today. Yes, thank you, Black Friday. So how excited, so that shows how excited you are, the fact that you've yeah. already got that weekend blocked off. Yeah. That's amazing. I got to watch WWE as a cynic, as a critic. I've got one eye on the show, one eye on, ooh, can I make an ending for that? Watch WWE was just like, wrestling. Cheer the cheer the goodies, boo the baddies, and drink. And that's really the the joy of wrestling. You gotta, I've said this many times. You gotta enjoy it when it's good, and just laugh at it when it's bad. And God, I enjoy it when it's there. This has been endorsed by VXV. <laughs> but, but no, really. I, 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 I then people do ask, how can you still do Botchamania and still like wrestling? Because it's really effing good in a lot of places. And that's one of the places it is. That seems like a perfect place to. God, I hate end. WWE for what they've done to Walter. <laughs> let's not. Let's, 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 that's a different. That's a different Walter. Oh, okay, sorry. That's a different Walter. Um, this is this is the final episode of Desert Island Graps uh, for 2019. I can't think of a finer way to end it. Uh, this is like the first series I launched when I started a Cultaholic, and it feels right. nice that it's me and the chatting to end it. This feels really nice. I've really enjoyed it. Hopefully this has been better than the, the first one I did with Ross, where I had literally no sleep and was a mumbling, <laughs> fumbling mess and did nothing to help the colleague people. And if I can get a chance to, because if you've listened this far, you must give half a toss. Thank you very much for being patient with me and letting me have a chance to get better. Because I'm well aware of the negatives I had coming in. I'm well aware that I've, hey, I, I, I'm perceived like this. 
no, you can only have a small hand in how you perceived, because everyone else will just fill in the gaps. So now, now people know more about you, they all love you, which I knew that was going to happen, but obviously you have to wait for that, the, the pennies to drop. And quite frankly, if you didn't enjoy this, this is as good as it gets. So <laughs> don't watch anything else with me. I am not here to get myself over. I'm quite happy and content. If I can entertain you, by all means. Uh, hopefully that was understood. And if not, I can't think of any clearer ways of saying it. So bollocks to you. <laughs> Tom, I love you. Go buy me a pint that I'll not. <laughs> I love you too, mate. Thank you for being my friend. Give me hope. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.